the five most reviled villains in the history of Boston sports. I know that's why you tuned in here, and what you're listening to is an episode of the Boston Podcast where we will discuss these five villains in detail. But in the spirit of not throwing you a big bait and switch, if you want to hear the full list, fast forward to the last minute of this podcast and we will we'll recap the, uh, the evil five. But I hope you enjoy this because what we did was we sent out a survey to countless numbers of Boston sports fans. And by countless, I mean we just didn't bother to count them all. But um, nevertheless, we, we got input. And um, we talk about a lot of villains on this podcast, and um, it's topical, of course, because Roger Goodell continues his his rule of terror, um, which includes a, a rather unfair um, uh, what witch hunt against the Patriots and our beloved Tom Brady. One man's opinion, of course. But uh, you will hear whether Roger Goodell made the list and how he does. And uh, we hope that you check out all of our past episodes of the Boston Podcast at thebostonpodcast.com. This this uh, light discussion we had today with myself, Max Perlman, and his colleague, Willie Slate, um, is not typical of the Boston Podcast. Typical, um, how many times can I say typical in a sentence? I'm just going to keep saying it typical. It's very typical of me to, to do such a thing. Uh, a usual show, <laughs> synonym. Um, we have some uh, some great past episodes you might want to check out, including interviews with the likes of Emily Rooney and Upton Bell and Mike Dukakis and Margie Claproot and um, just a lot of uh, great personalities from Boston sports, law, media, philanthropy, business, and such. And if you want to book a guest on the Boston Podcast, why don't you just shoot me an email at davidlyas at gmail.com. That email, once again. David L-Y-A-S at gmail.com. But let's get to the five most reviled villains in Boston sports history. Here's the show right now. This one's for you, Boston. Boston's a different city than it was 20 years ago. The hope rises again, and the dream lives on. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. The world will return to this great American city to run harder than ever and to cheer even louder. This is our f***ing city. Yes, it's our city. It's our podcast. It's our summer. It's our kind of day. It's our kind of audience. We thank you for joining us on the Boston Podcast once again. And it's the summer, and we've had a great run of great guests, and so now this show is just going to be just pure garbage. So you might as well just delete it right now. Um, and uh, my guests here are, are looking at me quizzically. Don't delete it. Not All right, yeah, don't delete, yeah don't delete it. Yeah, don't delete it. See, with a teaser like that, yeah. it's almost like you have to. It's like how you slow down when you see a car accident. Like, really? Is it going to be that bad? Well, you know what? Okay, take a look. I'll take just, a look. Let's just put it this way. Do not listen. The stuff is so scandalous. We prefer that you not listen to the next five to ten minutes. That's Just don't right. do it. Do not do it under There's, any circumstances. If there are children around, you know, turn it down. Um, if there are pets around, it, it could conceivably scare pets at the level of... Uh, well, the, the high-pitched voice of the uh, of the guest that we have here in studio <laughs> yeah. may only be audible to dogs. That's right. That That's right. Be. But it, but uh, in truth, to clarify, uh, this is David Yaz, and welcome to the Boston Podcast. I'm here with my uh, compadre, my buddy, my pal, Max Perlman, who's a lawyer here at Hirsch Roberts, the, the law firm where we record the Boston Podcast. By the way, you can find all past episodes on 
thebostonpodcast.com. And I continue to pat myself on the back, literally, uh, for snapping up that URL. Years, years from now, they'll look back and say, who was that guy that grabbed? He was shrewd enough to grab thebostonpodcast.com. Yeah, they, they will mention you in names like Disney. Sure. And, uh, Keep going. Yeah, Gates. Yeah. Um, Jobs. Uh, yeah. Aristotle. Plato. Idiots, those guys. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we decided to give this is this is kind of like a um, this this podcast is the version of like uh, during the summer when you go to lunch and you decide you're just gonna have ice cream instead of the actual meal. We're just gonna give you a light offering today on the Boston podcast, but it's something that's on everyone's mind, and that is who is the most reviled, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, most reviled villain in Boston sports. History and it comes up because we have spent the summer hating on Roger Goodell, wondering why he's singling out our beloved Tom and our beloved Patriots. And although my voice may sound sarcastic, it's not. This is an injustice. And Max, I don't know if you want to weigh in now or should we get right to I the I thought list? we were trying to keep this short. We could we could yeah, have a whole episode on that. That ship has sailed. Yeah. So we have a special guest, and um, he is the chief chief marketing officer. <laughs> I, I want to call it, make you as sound as important as possible. That has not yet been conferred, David. <laughs> oh, okay. Director of Marketing and Communications. Director. One, William J. Slate. Willie Slate is here. The and, third. Um, I'm the fourth. The fourth. I'm sorry. For we you, could, Willie. We couldn't get the third. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't get the third in studio, so we had to. We had to uh, settle for the settle fourth. fourth. Yeah. <laughs> for you, Willie, I hit the actual applause button rather than the sarcastic applause button. <laughs> I'm hitting that, that one now. Just for your entertainment. It's like a golf clap. Anyway, Willie's here. He's um, and and so uh, he's a contributor to the show. He he's uh, a friend of the show, and uh, by that I mean he he fetches us drinks. But um, so we decided to bring him in on things. He's he, he's a graduate of um, Ithaca College. Go Bombers. Go Bombers. Okay. And and in the spirit of of revealing all of our sports allegiances right now, as we delve into this important topic, please tell us yours, Willie. For football, I am a New York Jets fan, or a fantasy football fan, as most Jets fans will say. Um, I'm also a Yankees fan. Okay. We have a, we have a boo sound effect. <laughs> I don't know if that's. I went with the enough. I went with the psycho violins. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Yankees are in first place. They, that hurts, but I have to admit it. They are. Yeah. Go Blue Jays. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, for hockey and basketball, I actually am. Boston fan, so Celtics and Bruins. How long have you been here in the Boston area? About three years. That's it, and you've already adopted the Celtics, or did that come from someplace else? Uh, I, I didn't really have any allegiance to a basketball team, and the first professional game I went to was a Celtics game. Okay. And just kind of went from there. That's um, a lot less interesting a story than I thought it was going to be. Um, I anyway. We're going to cut that out. In the, <laughs> yeah. In the, in the... yeah, definitely. Um, this will be heavily edited. Um, and... Uh, Max, although you're you've been a fixture in Boston for many years, would you like to come clean on all of your deep sports allegiances? Of course. So I grew up yeah. in New York, but I uh, grew up uh, not a New York sports fan in any way, shape, or form. I, I grew up watching the Phillies mm. and loving the Phillies and Sixers and Flyers, and right. for some reason the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Um, but then since I've been in Boston, I think it's really hard to uh, it's really hard not to at least become a part of Red Sox Nation if you really want to enjoy the culture of this city. So mm-hmm. I've become, I'm probably more of a Sox fan now than I am uh, that I am a Phillies fan. 
and my 12-year-old self would probably kick the crap out of me for even saying that. Mm. Uh, wouldn't, but my, the 12-year-old me would not even understand that concept, how you could switch allegiances from one team to another, but I've managed to do it. Well, I, I think I would agree with you um, that once you become a rabid sports fan, you can't imagine doing anything different or even raising your kids different. But then I have many friends. I don't, I'm Boston through, through and through, so I don't have anything to compare it to, but a lot of people say, when you have kids, that might change because you don't you you don't necessarily want to put the kids through rooting for the Yankees if you're in Boston, for example. Right? Are, are you are you nudging your kids one way or the other? Uh, I they have all the Boston paraphernalia. They do they go to Boston games. They so root for Boston. Go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my dad grew up a huge Brooklyn Dodgers fan. Um, Mine too. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were good friends. We never discussed that, <laughs> or maybe we did. Maybe we just forgot. But um, and uh, but. Although some of the Dodger hood rubbed off on me, they were always sort of my number two team because growing up around here, you had to be a Red Sox fan. Yeah, I think the Dodger hood didn't rub off on me because they had already gone out to L.A. by the time I, I, any of us started following baseball. It was just so remote. It wasn't a New York thing anymore at all. Right, and and they, I think that was a tragic moment when that happened for true Dodger fans. But your dad, now I know your dad is, is now departed, but right. he, so he didn't keep rooting for them when they went to L.A. Oh, was that fifty six? I think it was in there, but yeah. no, he didn't. He didn't keep on rooting for the Dodgers. Yeah. I think a lot of people had resentment. My dad stuck with it right up until the era of Steve Garvey, Ron Say, Bill Russell. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Nineteen eighty one World <laughs> Series. Uh, who is the Davy Lopes? Yeah. Um, yeah. Pedro uh, Guerrero. Yes, and Pedro Guerrero, yeah. and then on the eighty one team with Oral Hershiser. We've lost the entire audience now. I mean, we were clinging to we were clinging to like a small portion of it. Let's get back to the Boston. So we're we're pissed about. Okay, just. Your 30-second version on what's going on with Deflategate, since that is the, the timely uh, thing we're talking about. And and um, so let's each of us say that. It's very hard not to uh, repeat things that have been said already about this ridiculous thing. But, what Willie, let's start with you. Well, I, I love it. I know, says, I know. It's so much fun. Yeah, I know. I, I, don't, I think it's been kind of funny. Uh, I enjoy yeah. watching my roommates consistently freak out about how Planet Patriot is slowly falling from its so not, place right. in the sky. So not uh, being a Patriot lover, being a Patriot rival, really, you celebrate the anguish that we feel. But in terms of fairness and what happened and everything? It's 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 a little ridiculous. Yeah. yeah my thing is, I'll find it hard to keep it at 30 seconds, but I'm going to. <laughs> I'm looking at the clock right now. Ready to go. Uh, it, it, it's... Um, it's not that it is some conspiracy against Brady and the Patriots, but it is, it has spiraled out of control to the point where Goodell and the NFL have dug in their heels in such irrational fashion that the now what we're talking about is so far afield from the original sin, which if even if there was a sin, what did Brady do? What did Brady, well, so even if he did it, the penalty should be more like a $25,000 fine, which is what's in the rules. And I don't know how we got so far removed from that. Boom, 30 seconds. High five. Well done. <laughs> Max? My thoughts, which will be much, much more cogent than those, <clears throat> is that I think it's time for the kind of the brotherhood of, of NFL players to uh, to come together. And, and I don't know why there have been so much divisiveness here, but what has happened and what Goodell has perpetrated is so ridiculous that I don't know why NFL players and owners and, and executives aren't standing up and saying, this is absolutely nuts. You're seeing it a it, little bit, like Cromartie from the Jets. Cromartie, but, it, but it's been so sporadic. Right. And, but, you, yeah. but you saw Magic Johnson come Magic out Johnson, recently, yeah. and, he said, and he stood up for Brady. 
but boy, I, I wish that people who had a presence in the league and and um, I think folks like Manning and Breeze and and, and guys who have made a name for themselves, uh, um, the, the the folks who just were inducted into the Hall of Fame, Jerome Bettis. Like, I wish that, that that they would stand up and say, you know, we were on board at the beginning that something needed to be done about this, but but this is just come on power run amok and. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's the next phase, and I, I wish Brady and his people would start putting together coalitions to, to speak out against what I think is just a horrible abuse of power on the commissioner's part. It, I think it clearly is, and um, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting study. The only reason I continue to think about it rather than just completely like shut it out of my mind is that it's almost a fascinating study in the way like power run amok, public relations run amok, mm-hmm. public perception run amok. I mean, th- yeah. there are people that have that have no idea what actually happened. They actually think that there was that there was this vast conspiracy on the Patriots to alter the balls in a way that would. And we all know that's not what happened. They they took a little air out of the balls, slap them with a fine, and let's get on with our lives. No, it's 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 um, it's crazy town. All right, let's get to the list. So. We present to you, and thank you to all those who, the countless number of people who responded. And when I say countless, I mean we didn't bother to count them. But nevertheless. We we, we basically broke SurveyMonkey with this survey. It did. It (laughs) crashed SurveyMonkey. That poor monkey. Oh, God. You don't want to see what he looks like now. Um, And uh, so what what we've done is we've whittled it down to the five most reviled villains in Boston sports history. So... Max, you you were the mastermind behind tabulating these results. Yeah. So, um, should I give you a uh, a drum roll for your? Uh, Let's say spe- that for number one, which I think will be okay. pretty easy to figure out given the little uh, intro we just did. But okay. Um, so n- number five is an interesting choice, and I think reflects um, that that. Uh, that, that recency is a big a big factor in uh, in, in doing, taking surveys. That was a theme, I think. Throughout. Right, yeah. and this is the only basketball player mm. on our on our five person list. And so, who, Willie, who do you think that basketball player would that would be that Boston hates the most? You, but Willie does not know the results of the survey. Would it be King James? It is King James. Wow. Actually, we, yeah. So we give him the ding, ding, ding. Well, I did. But, well done, Willie. So, if you were uh, my age, you might have said. Magic Johnson, he and he was the, always the the, the villain. Yeah. If, you, if you're Dave's age, you would have said George Mikan, um, <laughs> who, who, who invented the uh, yeah. The well, he invited the, in the Mikan drill, but yes, yeah. those, those Minneapolis Lakers, those Minneapolis Lakers. By the way, as, as a quick aside, Minneapolis Lakers um, uh, makes sense. Los Angeles Lakers. It is the it is the most beloved name of a team that makes zero sense. Uh, yeah. With with apologies to uh, Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz. Yeah, yeah but they kept it. Isn't that weird that they kept it? Yeah, Could've they had a brand. Like anything. They had a brand. Well, but the bur- can we get back um, to LeBron James? We can, so, yeah. so here's my I do here's my it. thing on, on James. I don't hate him at all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think he's he's an incredible talent. It, it, does he have a little bit of ego that goes along with that? Yeah, but he's entitled. The guy's amazing, and um, he hasn't done anything I think that's so obnoxious like. Uh, like a, a Bill Lambeer when he when he threw uh, was it was it McHale or Bird to the also ground? receiving votes, but you're confusing incidents. Um, Lambeer was the one who got thrown to the ground by Robert Parrish. Oh. You're thinking of um, actually. I was thinking of Kurt Rambis. Kurt Rambis, yes, but he, but he was yep. the one who got thrown to the ground by yep. Kevin McHale. Right. So, but but in, in any event, it, James has not had that signature moment with, against the Celtics where he's kind of put the nail in their coffin. But for some reason. 
the you know the, the people who took our survey were had had LeBron on the mind. So why did you say LeBron off the bat with? Uh, you just have to walk around outside the garden and see any of the T-shirts that they're selling. Yes, um, many, but, many of them seen. Yeah, but but I I think he's someone who's just hated because he's so talented. Um, you know he hasn't done anything to kind of upset any of his PR managers. He's seen as a family man. Um, he's just good at the game. He's he's got the ego that goes with it, but you can't really blame him. I mean, he's been kind of leading the league in, in numbers since in everything. His debut, well, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'll explain to you guys why we hate him so much. Okay. <laughs> uh, first off, he's just he's just smug. He exudes smugness. The smugness wafts off him like uh, a cigar smoker or something. Um, I'm t- it, it is the way he carries himself in the similar way as. Uh, as you know, A Rod from the Yankees does. It's just he walks around like he's holier than thou. And I'll say this: it, it's true that he 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 hasn't had he hasn't committed crimes. He hasn't. Although he does he does. If you want to talk about cheating, um, since that's the topic du jour, have you ever seen footage of his worst? Um, uh, what's the word? Flop. Mm. It. Yeah. It, it is the worst. I just you look at that. I and think you, the flop is the worst thing you can say about him. Frankly, I do. I think everything else. He plays the game right. He plays it hard. What, what, what do you want? It well, it's it's intangibles. It's the reason why we dislike a lot of people. It just it comes off. It's the if, same reason why the nation hates Tom Brady. Is the reason we if hate. He signed with the Celtics, yeah, David. If he signed with the Celtics, yeah. You and I, you and I both know that you would be the first person to go out and buy his jersey. Well, but it reminds okay. me, uh, and this is a little obscure, but I grew up hating Lenny Dykstra. With a passion, he was a net. Yeah. He was the most. He was the, he was the cockiest player in the, in Major League. He, yeah. he, uh, Punk. he he became a Philly. Yeah, and I was the biggest Lenny Dykstra fan that, that you could possibly find. So, mm-hmm. it's anyway. kind of like when he was. Just uh, don't have your money managed by him. That's, that's all. Well, you know, I was a big fan of him when he was kicking ass in the investment world, and then when he went bankrupt <laughs> and got arrested, all of a sudden I wasn't as big a fan. And that's the way that works. Same thing with Revis. He leaves, Revis, yeah. leaves the Jets. We hate him. I know I burned my T-shirt. He went to the Pats, hated him even more. Pats loved him, hated him probably when he was on the Jets. Yeah. Then well, he leaves the Pats, Pats hate him again. Jets welcome him with open arms. SI cover jinx, he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and, um, you know, days later, his uh, quarterback is cold cocked by a teammate <laughs> and breaks his job. Revis, by the way, not on this list. Revis, not so, on the list. So yeah. maybe, you know, not know. even not even others receiving votes. No. All so right. let's go to number four. Let's do it. Number four is a baseball player. Let's, uh, let's see if Willie can. Uh, conjure up who this might be. First of all, can you think of a team that this person might might have uh, might play for or have played for? I'm gonna venture a, a guess. It's Obviously. the New York Yankees. It is the New York Yankees. So who is it? Is it um, a current player, Alex Rodriguez? It is not Alex Rodriguez. Mm. It is a person who hit a significant home run at a at a at a very significant point in time. This will prove. It, is uh, it Boone? No. no. Yeah. See that he now he's just showing he's his age. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's, got, his he's, got, he's yep. been given a special middle name by Boston sports fans. Yeah. And you, you are the, the everybody in the audience, all thousand, you know, ten, twenty thousand people listening. <laughs> yes. Know who this is? Uh, who is it? Oh wait, wait hold on. You, you it must be somewhere back. Wait, are you? I forget. I've already forgotten. It was five minutes ago. You're a Yankee fan? Yeah. Oh, you gotta know who this guy is. This would be the equivalent of me not knowing who, like, uh, Ted Williams is. Well, not really. No. It, I, it has to be an obscure moment guy. No. Uh, you not knowing who Bobby Dora is. Yeah, but even Dora didn't do yeah, something this big. Number four is Bucky Dent. 
Uh, heard this name before? Yeah. Let me give you a hint. Your it's fa- Bucky Dent. Your father's going to kick the I butt. I know. Don't for not share that. this with him. Yeah. So, Bucky Dent in 1978, you have to understand, 1978 was like, I don't know if there's a year. Do you guys have a year that sort of, when you were young, that the year just kind of sticks out? 1980. Maybe for you, it's 1980. Until he's won the World Series. For me, it was 78 for many reasons. Just I remember the summer. I remember what it was like. I remember the music, like the Billy Joel, The Stranger album was on all the time. Star Wars coming out at that point? It, it Star, that was Star Wars 1978, I think. Or was it 77? No, I think it was 78. Star Wars came out, um, and I remember the Red Sox in first place uh, throughout the summer, and then um, apparently Willie doesn't remember, but uh, the Red Sox blew like a 14-game lead. Um, managed to co- somehow come back and tie it on the last game of the season because Rick Wise of the Indians shut out the Yankees, or at least beat him, I don't remember. Red Sox won, and um, setting up a final one-game playoff, which was very rare at the time. I think it's only happened a few times in history that they play a, a game. And I remember looking on the back of Jim Rice's baseball card the next year, and I thought it was cool they said he played in 163 games because yep. it counted as a regular season game. And so... Um, it could not be more dramatic for the, the even then tortured Red Sox fan base thinking that we were going to beat the Yankees once and for all. The Yankees had Ron Guidry on the mound, who was 25-3 and three that year, untouchable. And um, Collier Stremski, at the time, playing the role of the, the, the grizzled veteran, hit, the home run, hit a home run in the first inning. This was on Yom Kippur. I remember I was home from school <laughs> because I, was, I, went to, I grew up in Sharon, an extremely Jewish town. It was on Yom, Yom Kippur. We got the day off, watched... Um, as the Red Sox took a two nothing lead into like the sixth or the seventh or something. Yeah, we're gonna do play by play. And up comes Bob. I'm almost done. <laughs> up comes Bucky Dent, and off of uh, Mike Torres, hits it with two men on. Uh, manages to hit what in most stadiums would be a pop fly, but it nestles into the the net. It, it rolled right between Bill Buckner's legs. And, and <laughs> yes. You know that Willie, right? Yeah, Come yeah. On. that's the Buckner Don't Bridge, right? Yes. Right over here. Buckner, yeah. So. Uh, I'll give you know, smart guy. I'll give you a trivia question. Who who actually technically had the game winning RBI in that game? In which game? The, the, the uh, this game. What we're talking about? The, the Bucky the Dent, Dent game, or the one that I just referred? The to? The Bucky Dent game. Well, I don't know. I don't oh, okay. It's Reggie Jackson who hit a home run later. Um, and so people call him Bucky Effing Dent. And um, <laughs> now the Aaron Boone thing it, to me it was, it was never an Aaron. The, to me, the 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 antihero of that game was the Red Sox own Grady Little for Grady not taking Little. Pedro out. Yeah. Although I don't even blame him that much. Can we take a break, Max? I'm tired. Take a break. Get to, get quick to, break. Get to, uh, we'll get to the final three. Three, two, one. All right. We're going to take a, uh, a quick break. And um, stay tuned. I know you're on the edge of your seat to hear the three most reviled villains in Boston sports history. Is Goodell on the list? I hope so. Find out when we come back. Hey, this is Chuck Hogan. I'm the author of The Town, and you're listening to the Boston Podcast. Yes! <laughs> yeah, what's up? We're back on the Boston Pap on the Boston Podcast. That's the way you come back from a break. Boston Podcast. That's a That's that's that's. <laughs> I need to get over to my doctor for my podcast. It's been a while. It's been a while. That's why it was on my my mind. See, that's the way you come back from a, a break, wow. ladies and gentlemen. Wow. And um, yeah, that was. I have, that was 
have serious problems hosting a podcast. Maybe I'm better suited as something. I'm not a very strong host. Okay, we're talking about the five most reviled villains in the history of Boston sports. And as we have covered, number five was, uh, I've already forgot. Oh, LeBron. LeBron James, number five. Number uh, four, Red Sox killer Bucky Dent, that banjo hitter who somehow hit a home run against us in 78 that still stings. And we are up to number three. And Max, take us there. Number three. Number three. Is a football player. Mm-hmm. Willie. Willie, the only person who's not in on this survey so far. Right. Football player. Can you think of who that might be? I gotta say, I, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> Peyton Manning. Peyton oh! Manning. Ding, ding, ding. That's it. Big things. Um, yeah, you know, um, why? Why did you say that, Willie? Uh, compared often to Brady. They kind of highlight them seeing each other in the playoffs. Or you know, it's like a big game that everyone's excited for. And I think when any, whenever anyone compares anyone in this city to Brady, it's they hate them. So as a relatively neutral observer of the Brady Manning dynamic, just by your own sort of memory, whether it's completely accurate or not, who who has had the upper hand in terms of um, head-to-head battles or otherwise? I'm gonna have to go with Brady. Yeah. That was um, a loaded question. No. I know. Well, is it though? I mean. Maybe it was. I, I, so, well, in terms, okay, so fine. In terms of career, career accomplishments, and everything else. I mean, Brady's got. Uh, see, to us, yeah, we're. I'm a homer, so I would say it's it's not even that close. Like Brady's got four rings, Manning has one, right? Brady has been to six Super Bowls and won four out of six. Manning has been three times and won one out of three. Um, he did beat Brady in that the. The game uh, in Indy. And Come on, it's not even close. I mean, it's, it's you agree, a, it's not even. Oh close. my god, yeah. A lot of people still cling to that because because Manning was so uh, ethereal statistically. No, I think people Will, get seduced by that. Willie's right. It, 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 I think the only reason that he's so reviled is because um, that that people would dare compare him to Brady. He's Brady's rival, and Brady is the most beloved athlete in Boston sports history. So anybody who's his contemporary, who's compared to him, is going to get uh, um, is, is going to get some heat, and that's why he's number three in our survey. <laughs> <laughs> Insert jingle. Yeah. Do you think there's something about the way he? Um, oh, that was very clever. Sorry, I'm just getting it. I hope I got chicken it. Chicken parm, you taste so good. Uh, chicken parm, you taste so good. That's one of his better ads. He actually doesn't have bad ads. Like I was going to say, they're actually really good. Most of them. He beats Brady. In terms yeah. of commercials. Um, boom shakalaka. I'm inserting the boom shakalaka. Um, boom shakalaka. To, as a rebuttal. But he has had more uh, clever ads. Brady's done very few ads. I mean, I think I, I, we would say by design because he's, Tom Brady doesn't need to do so many ads. Most of Manny's ads are, are pretty clever. I think it's part of the way he carries himself that, that people dislike him here. Did you see that little shtick when he broke the record about how his, his, his teammates played keep away with the ball? And it later came out that that was actually planned. You didn't see that? No. It was last season. He it was last season, uh, relatively early in the season. He broke Favre's record, right? Yeah. I thought you guys were sports fans. What the I hell? knew he threw it to Demarius. He threw it to Demarius, and then afterwards it was like Demarius and Wes Welker and a couple of other guys started playing keep away like it was so fun. And it was like, hey, hey, hey. And then I think it was Demarius Thomas who revealed after the game, oh yeah, we talked about that in practice. <sighs> 
Reviled. <laughs> Reviled. I'm not sure that's a reason to hate the guy, but uh, all right. this is sports. Okay. I want to get to number two because that number two. Is I remind my, you is that my fan, most hated. fan is short for. You know what fan is short for? That's a sports fan. fan. Fandango. That's fanatic. The, 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 you're right, Willie. Give him another one. Right. Therefore, fanatic, irrational, passionate, etc. Okay. Go ahead, Max. Number two is another baseball player. Number two. And one of my least favorite uh, sports figures of all time. Hmm. I'm going to go with my initial baseball guess, which was Alex Rodriguez. Oh, very good, yeah. Um, there is nothing I like about this guy. Although I will tell you, it, it, A-Rod and I got off to a very bad start. <laughs> um, it was 2003, I believe. You were enjoying a glass of Chardonnay together, mm -hmm. and uh, turn turn this off now, Dad. No, if yeah. you're listening, go ahead. <laughs> so I was enjoying a nice Valentine's weekend with my new bride right. in Newport, and we had just just checked into the hotel, and I get the news that A Rod had signed with, with the Yankees, and not if you remember, it was uh, not signed with. I think he was traded to the to the Yankees. So yeah, the, the, apparently there was a trade. In place, this is 03, right? Or 04. Or the, it was off season of 04, right? 04. It was yep. as, as the Red Sox were landing Schilling, they, they they looked to have closed in on. Not only had they closed in on A Rod, but apparently there was a deal in place to get rid of Nomar and Manny. And the and, league office wouldn't approve it. Right. And the Red Sox were also going to get back Maglio Ordonez in the deal, who at the time was like a budding superstar. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And the league wouldn't approve it because A Rod, um, or the union wouldn't approve it, maybe because A Rod. Had taken the, agreed to take a pay cut, which was so against the grain or something, right. wasn't it? Something like that. So that ruined and the Yankees my, my got first Valentine's crushing. weekend with my with my wife, and uh, <laughs> so I have not forgiven him for that. Although I got to say, all in all, um, because you know the Red Sox won uh, three championships since A Rod uh, went to the Yankees, and the Yankees have won one. One in '09. Um, it's probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing that that happened. So, oh, not only that, but Arod was a central figure, and don't don't forget the. I mean, this is the kind of story you have to go back and you remind yourself what happened because it, it it's almost is one of these you couldn't have scripted it. He in the in the playoffs, he was the one who sl tried to slap the ball out of Bronson Bronson Royals, Bronson Royals, Royals yeah. hand, yeah. Yeah. and um, it, it, an extremely rare occurrence. The call gets reversed by the umpires who. Uh, Actually got it right, and really uh, has completely checked out of this conversation. <laughs> you look at his face; he's done. He's not. He's not listening. <laughs> right. And well, it, how do you how do you feel about A. Rod, really? Seriously, I, I think it's it's hard to completely hate him this season because he's having a pretty incredible season. But I I think deep down I find him kind of despicable. I, I, it's hard to be on board when you know an athlete who is a star of one of your teams is involved in some sort of scandal involving something against the rules. Um, is that why you hate him, Max? Because why do you, like, you said you um, the whole, you don't hate um, Willie enough of you. Shush. Uh, Max, no, I'm just kidding. We'll get back to you. But uh, you said you you, you, uh, you appreciate um, LeBron because he's so talented and everything. And uh, to me, LeBron, I said he's smug. He did that ad. I don't know if you ever saw that ad LeBron did. Uh, sorry to go back to him, but where he's walking through his neighborhood and saying hi to everyone, and he's like the nicest guy, and it's so phony. Um, I'll say this, he was great in the Amy Schumer movie, uh, Trainwreck. 
Um, he's kind of winning me back. <laughs> but why A-Rod hate uh, LeBron appreciation? Um, I think that he takes smugness to the to the absolute next level, and I think he's also just disconnected as a human being. The fact that, that uh, he would have a painting of himself as a centaur. Cent, is it centaur or centaur? Where he's got his his torso oh, and a, on a horse and a horse's <laughs> body, and he's just, he's just um, I, I've, I've always disliked his attitude. You didn't like the photos he had of him kissing, kissing himself, himself in the mirror. No. Yeah, all all, all bothered me. Horrible for morale. Yeah, yeah. he's not a fan and of the you know, thing. So it's funny. So so the the, the player who is his contemporary, who Boston fans have respect for. Jeter, Jeter, yes. Never warmed up to him, and that, I think that should say every everything to Yankee fans and Red Sox fans alike. I'll tell my very quick uh, Jeter A Rod story. I ha- happen to have the grace of really good tickets at Fenway one day, and it happened to be the day after this sort of uh, humorous moment where A Rod and Jeter had converged on a pop fly, and it and it fell between them. They it was like I got I got it, no you got it, one of those. And uh, I was close enough the next day to be next to Jeter when he was swinging a bat. And I yelled out, Jeter, that was A-Rod's fault yesterday, right? And at first he looked at, he sort of made eye contact with me, didn't say anything as if I'm not going to acknowledge as the fan. And then a beat went by and he looked back at me and he gave a little nod. He was like, yep, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, should we go, are we ready for number one? I think we're ready for number one. Before, before we get to number one, let's talk about some people who did not make this list. Yes, others um, receiving votes. Including two who caused injuries to some of our favorite Ooh. Boston uh, sports icons. And one is uh, Tanya Harding. Oh. She could be deplored for any number of reasons, including some, some photographs that were published in a magazine <laughs> of her wedding night. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, obviously she's the one who took a... Uh, who was responsible, alleged, allegedly, or uh, was responsible for having a She leg never leg. admitted to no. being uh, connected to it, but it was painfully obvious to everyone. She admitted to, like, uh, especially, obstructing justice. Especially Nan- Nancy Kerrigan. It's painfully obvious to her. Yes. Um, another. She didn't come out of it smelling like a rose either, but that's a different story. Go ahead. An- another uh, another person. Yeah. Um, does the name Daryl Stingley mean anything to anybody here? To me, it does. It's pretty painful. Right, so Jack Tatum, Willie's, Willie's <laughs> uh, defensive back, safety, I think, safety or cornerback, probably safety for the uh, Raiders. I don't know which, D back for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, D bag and D back, <laughs> D back, um, <laughs> paralyzed, paralyzed uh, Daryl Stingley. In the, in the it was, level. it was, an, I was watching at the time. I remember it, it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was an exhibition game, and Stingley was going over the middle, and Tatum came flying in and hit him, you know, just. Um, uh, below the jaw, uh, right in the midsection, and you know, broke broke his back and, and paralyzed him. Daryl Stingley was, needless to say, never the same. Um, not only that he was paralyzed, but his life was cut short as well. He died um, a number of years later, but clearly due to complications from the injury. Tatum never apologized. Well, that was that was why I think he was reviled because you know these injuries do happen, right? So, but but Tatum had written a book called "They Call Me Assassin." Um, about how he was just a killer on the field, yeah. and um, didn't apo- if, if he apologized at all. I'm not sure. There might have been a report of him apologizing like 20 years later, but just never visited in the hospital. Never anything. They used to interview Stingley, and he's like, "Nah, I've never. I haven't heard from him like even indirectly." And so, yes, bad. that's crazy. Bad. <laughs> another uh, another goon. Yeah, um, the, the man who ended Cam Neely's career for all intents and purposes. Right. Who's that? Well, I know, but 
I helped put together the list. Ulf Samuelson. <laughs> Ulf Samuelson. Ulf Samuelson. <laughs> right, so. Yeah. This um, is not to, a big hockey have, crowd here today. Sorry if you are, guys. Yeah, two, yeah. two more names um, yeah. that, that uh, did not make the list. One wasn't even on our survey. It might maybe should have been. But the, but the other one, um, Mr. Foot Fetish. Rex Ryan. <laughs> Rex Ryan. No, he was on the list. I know he, he was on the list, but oh. this, uh, this next person was not. Oh. What do you think about Babe Ruth? Yeah. I, but I, 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 I think that he. I've seen other lists where Harry Frazee was on the list, the, yeah, the owner right. who sold Babe Ruth. So he could produce what musical? No, no, Nanette. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Totally Great show. We'll even get that. Yeah, Did the show flop? I don't even know. It didn't do well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, did, I, I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, Will Middlebrooks took my favorite part of Nessun away. <laughs> Jenny <laughs> Dell. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Um, that is, you know, he was just continuing the tradition of, of ball players uh, <laughs> betting down with uh, female reporters. Does, uh, but is is Pablo Sandoval too too early to qualify? <laughs> as Listen, if you want the list of like like projects gone awry with the Red Sox, the list is huge. You got your Carl Everett, you got people like Jack Clark, Andre Dawson, Frank Viola. Um, a whole host of people. We we have this great habit of just getting people at the end of their careers that just stunk. We also have the habit of getting the wrong brother. We always used to get the wrong brother. We got Jeremy Giambi. We got um, Vince DiMaggio. Uh, Dom DiMaggio. Dom DiMaggio. <laughs> no, we weren't even lucky enough to get Vince. We got Dom. We got um, uh, Ken Brett, uh, the pitcher, <laughs> George Brett's brother. We got the right Martinez. We did get the right Martinez. Yes, we did. At a point, we had both of, both Martinez's right. actually Ramon and Pedro, but we got the right Martinez. That was when the when we turned the corner, maybe. Um, wait, there's another good one I'm forgetting. Oh yeah, Greg Maddox. I mean, that's the quintessential. We got a, we got Maddox. Maddox is on the mound for the Red Sox. Yes, yeah, it's, it's Mike. It's his brother. Um, so there you go. All right. So are we are we ready for number Numero one? Numero uno. Numero uno. Ego with an ego. Here comes the drum roll. All right. Roger. Goodell. I don't. There's no. They don't. On the, my sound. My drum roll sound effect. They don't hit the hi hat. Wait. Hold on. No, that's a rim shot. Okay. I'm going to have to fix the sound effects later. Roger Goodell! Oh! <laughs> Which is funny because if you were to take the survey six months ago, uh, his name wouldn't have even appeared anywhere on it. No question. And so we're obviously guilty of surveying people when the when the uh, passions are inflamed, right? But I think this is a long laster. This has been... It will be. So I think it was uh, the folks on EEI, uh, Dennis and Callahan, of mm -hmm. whom I'm a huge fan. I know Dave and I disagree on this. That, hey, um, don't throw me under the bus. We might have them on the show soon. Oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> never mind. Pretend uh, I like them. Edit that out. So, <laughs> it, that uh, this is the biggest news story of the entire year of any kind, almost. I, 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 it's I, sad, I'm but sure yeah. There's some other stories, but jeez. Yeah, and, and I, I think the thing about this one is people feel. Well, I've said it's spun out of control, but it, it definitely is personal for Patriots fans. It goes to show you how personal rooting for a team becomes I think because I've had fights with people on social media and they don't even want to talk about what happened they just want to say oh you're just pissed because it's your team and Brady cheated and we know that blah 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 I don't know I um I mean do you think the Patriots I'm looking at both of you guys do you think the Patriots are being picked on I look at Spygate and I both of this and I say there may have been something that was a violation but it has been blown out of proportion to such leaps and bounds I I think the hatred for Goodell kind of goes outside the city of Boston. I mean, there's just no sort of structure to to the, any of the punishments that are coming out of you know that office. I mean, you look at 
what's happening with domestic violence abuse in the NFL versus substance abuse versus tampering, you know, with potentially tampering with the ball before a game. Right. And then, you know, that that's leading to four games and a fine when Brett Favre, I think he just got hit with a $50,000 fine when he was right. in the sexting scandal. Right. But you, you're just looking at all these uneven sort of punishments that don't necessarily fit the hierarchy of these crimes, and it's just... And I think Goodell would say, well, but this had to do with the integrity of the game. And I think that has become the new buzzword for, you know, when you want to slap a team like the Patriots. This had to do with the integrity of the game. The integrity of the game. Like, what... Okay, I threw this back at a Giants fan recently. So, when... Um, Tyree caught the ball off his helmet to to spur the the Giants onto that Super Bowl win in unlikely fashion. Uh, two of the Giants linemen were uh, tackling Patriots rushers. It, it's it's obvious they were holding him. Sour grapes, anyone? No, now hold on, hold on, stay with me. I you mean, what if we, what if we later found out that the coach told the Giants linemen, "I don't care what you do, hold them, tackle them. I don't care what rules you break." How is that any different? It is. It is different, but I mean, it, because that that is within. I mean, that that's something that you have officials there to to a judge. You could argue and, this and, was and too. It, uh, How no, did we get caught? It, but it, that that wasn't something that was within the field of play that the officials are 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 are, are uh, monitoring. To tamper, foot, to tamper to uh, tamper football, you're doing it surreptitiously um, and and out, outside of the open. If you're holding somebody, you're doing it in, in the office. I, I agree with you on a lot of things on this. I can't agree with you on that analogy at all. I suggest but to me, the, it, the it, holding it, affects the game a lot more than than uh, letting a little error of the ball. No doubt about it. But it, yeah. it depends on – it really comes down to how the infraction occurs and, and, and where and, and who's supposed to be the, the arbiter of it. How about when the, um, the Jets uh, staffer – I turn my eyes to you, Willie. The Jets staffer who stuck his leg out and tripped a, a Dolphins player running down the field. How about that? <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. He got punished, though. He, got, he lost his job. Same with the Steelers coach. There were some issues with him. What about the team? Tom Why, yeah. Jones. Uh, Mike Tomlin. Why didn't the team lose a draft pick? You know? Why, is that any worse? You know, I, think, I think Goodell... It was part of a plan. If Goodell could go back in time and go back to the day before the Patriots uh, took the field against the Colts, he would have insisted that somebody tell them not to do it and and um, and warn them that, that about the the inf- impact. Yeah, and it would have been over because there is no business reason, and Udell is is there to perpetuate the interests of a business, the NFL. There is no business reason to devalue the uh, the, the, the the value of your number one franchise mm-hmm. and your number one property in Tom Brady. It doesn't do you any good from a business standpoint to be to be um, well the rebuttal of that though the value the rebuttal of, of that though is when Brady comes back the ratings are going to be through the roof people are going to see what happens you know I mean I don't know if the NFL can go wrong purely from a business standpoint like you really think they're going to lose any revenue out of this it, if anything it's engendered a lot more interest probably right but yeah, temporarily perhaps but I, I think it, it's it's also I, I would imagine created some fear on the part of, of People in the league should yeah. about um, about the, the power of the commissioner's office and, and that how the how the commissioner's office can impact greatly the, the fortunes of franchises and players just on a whim. So, do you think, Max? You know a little enough about sports law to be dangerous. I mean, isn't I guess it's not even so much law, but but isn't um, 
there a natural tension that maybe can never be overcome because you've got a, a commissioner who's supposed to be the arbiter of justice, but the commissioner has an inherent bias because he is employed by the, the, the owners. Therefore, if it comes time to punish a successful team like the Patriots, in theory, you've got how many teams in the NFL? 32? In theory, you've got 31 teams that wouldn't mind seeing the Patriots punished. And Except who four. Yeah. Except four. And I think that, that this is where the next phase of this, this whole debacle has to go. Yeah. Where the other 31 owners have to start looking around and looking at themselves and the other owners and saying, is this really the kind of leadership we want when we are having the, the accusations pointed at us? Because this could happen to anybody. Um, I hope that's all you'd have to do is, like is, is, is uh, you know, um, is imagine if you're the Vikings and there was the, the, the ball heating scandal, right? Which wasn't a scandal at all. They, yeah, them came away, they got $25,000 fine or something like that. It was over. They didn't get any fine, they got warned, but whatever. Good. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think owners should not be looking at this with the, the Schadenfreude, they should be wondering what is next what other abuses of power will this commissioner's office levy against uh, against perhaps me the next time my franchise right not max Perlman. you yeah by the way you promised <laughs> not outside to, the commissioner's reach you right. promised not to use any german words today and um i'm confused listen i'm just kidding i'm gonna take a little schnitzel break <laughs> um you know it's always hard to determine when to end a podcast but sometimes the choice is made easy for you when you look at your iPad and see there's only 3% battery left so uh, you know I've been playing this game of chicken for the last few minutes and it's over uh, Willie Slate thank you for uh, joining us did you enjoy yourself? I did I did yeah. thanks for having me you performed admirably and by admirably I mean it wasn't a complete train wreck <laughs> um, Max thank you for all your hard work on this survey um, the results will be published in the journal of uh, I don't really care about this anymore. Um, Library of Congress. Library of Congress, sure. We thank you for joining us on the Boston Podcast. We'll be back next week with a sort of more regular show and a more regular guest. Boston icons telling their war stories. We've done it before. Check out all the past episodes at thebostonpodcast.com and see you next time. So there you go. There are the five most reviled villains in Boston sports history. And to recap, number five, LeBron James. Number four, Bucky Dent. Number three, Peyton Manning. Number two, Alex Rodriguez. And the number one most reviled villain, unsurprisingly, the favorite comes in, Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. So, hope you enjoyed the Boston Podcast. Check out all past episodes at thebostonpodcast.com. And we look forward to uh, seeing you next time. Have a great rest of the summer, everybody. See ya.